بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم صلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم. My name is Umar Abdullah and I'm very happy to welcome you back to our podcast series, The Beginning of Guidance for Muslim Women. Last week we looked at the Basmala, at when Imam Ghazali wrote his own Bismillah rahman rahim for the beginning of the book. Today, inshallah, we will be going further into his introduction, which I would add is quite an unusual introduction in the sense that he doesn't just state what the contents of his book are. In fact, he doesn't state that at all, really, until the very end and only in a very brief way. But what he does is he uses this opportunity to direct the reader and to make them check themselves before they even begin on this journey of reading his book. This is a technique which is used in order to divert the reader to bring about another benefit or to point them towards something which is very important. And he does it quite extensively in this introduction and he really makes us look at ourselves and our intentions and where we are at the beginning of this journey, at the beginning of guidance. We will start with our dua from Al-Imam Haddad for seeking knowledge. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma inni nawaitu ta'alamu wa ta'alim wa tadhakur wa tadhkir wa nafu al-intifa' wa al-ifada wa al-istifada wa al-hatha ala tamassuki bi kitabillahi wa sunnati rasuli wa dua ila al-huda wa dalalata ala al-khair ibtigha'a wajahillahi wa maradatihi wa kurbihi wa thawabihi subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amen. We will be switching back and forth between the two commentaries today, that of Sheikh Al-Jawi and the other of Al-Imam Al-Fakihi, because in both of them there are some gems which are worth sharing, definitely, and it shows you also the different ways in which commentators can write about particular aspects of the text. And so the more we read, inshallah, the richer and broader our knowledge of these topics becomes, inshallah, and it's from that that we're able to really grasp the meanings and what's going on in these particular texts and, inshallah, what Imam Ghazali had intended for his readers. Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah, and may Allah benefit us from his knowledge in the two abodes, Amin, wrote Khutbatul Kitab, the introduction. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Walhamdulillahi haqqa hamdihi. Wassalatu wassalamu ala muhammadin rasulihi wa abdihi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi min ba'dihi. Then he wrote Amma Ba'd. So he's begun his book with the Basmala as we saw and then the Hamdala. Alhamdulillahi haqqa hamdihi. Which means all praise be to Allah as much as his right to be praised. We learned last time that the expression given to the phrase Bismillahirrahmanirrahim is called the Basmala. The name of the expression Alhamdulillah is Alhamdulillah. And there are several of these names given to expressions in Arabic. Our Sheikh Al-Jawi says that Alhamdulillah means Kullu hamdin lillah. فَيَدْخُلُ فِيهِ جَمِيعُ الْمَحَامِدِ الَّتِي ذَكَرَهَا مَلَائِكَةِ الْعَرْشِ وَالْكُرْسِيِّ وَالسُّكَانُ أَطَّاقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ 
He says that Alhamdulillah means all of praise is for Allah. And that includes all the praiseworthy qualities mentioned by the angels of the Arsh, of the throne, and of the Kursi. And the Sukan, the inhabitants of the levels of the sky, so of the seven levels of the heavens, and all the praiseworthy qualities mentioned by the Anbiya, by the prophets, from Adam to Muhammad, may peace and blessings be upon them, and all of the praiseworthy qualities mentioned by all of the awliya, the saints and the scholars, and all of creation. So the praise that could be mentioned and given to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by all these aspects of creation is what is meant by alhamdulillah. And then when Imam Ghazali says, Haqqa hamdihi, when he says that when they give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much as his right to be praised, he means in the most general and extensive way. And that it's not possible to specifically mention what that praise is because it's too great. Imam Ghazali says, وَالصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى مُحَمَّدٍ رَسُولِهِ وَعَبْدِهِ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ For our explanation of the Salatu Wasalam, we're going to look at what Al-Imam Al-Shaykh Al-Faqihi says. And he says that the Salat, which is the salutation when it comes from Allah, it means rahmatul It means mercy that is accompanied by veneration. And when it is the angels who make the salat on the Prophet وسلم, that their salawat, their salat is istighfar, is seeking forgiveness. And when it is that human beings make salatu wasalam on him, then it's tadarru wa dua, which means that it's beseeching and it's making du'a, it's supplicating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we know the ayah in Surah Al-Ahzab, إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَمَلَائِكَتُهُ يُصَلُّونَ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا صَلُّوا عَلَيْهِ وَسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا So it begins with Allah, إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَمَلَائِكَتُهُ So Allah and His angels, يُصَلُّونَ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ they send salutations on the Prophet ﷺ. And then we're enjoined in that ayah. O oh, you who believe, Sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Send salutations and ask Allah for peace and blessings upon him. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then he mentions salatu was salam wa ala Muhammadin. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the one who has been blessed with kathir al khisal al hamidati al musamma bihi sayyid al khalqi qabla khalqihim bi al fayam. So he is the one who has been blessed with or given the most tremendous praiseworthy qualities. And he was named that because he's the master of all creation, even before the rest of creation was made, by 2,000 years.
and Al Faki he says that his name is Al Matubi Al Saqil Arsh, that it's written on the legs of the throne. Wabaina Ayunil Mala Ikati Wafisama Iwal Jannati Wagir Dalik as he clarified in his explanation as he says. So his name is also written on the legs of the Arsh and on the foreheads of the Malaika and in the sky and the Jannah and in other places that he had already mentioned. So Salatu Wasalamu is Allah Muhammadin Rasulihi. Al-Faqih he mentions the meaning of Rasulihi and he says the one upon whom was revealed or the one that received revelation lil-amal wa-tabliq for performing certain actions and being in a certain way so showing us inshallah what it means to be the best of creation wa-tabliq and him giving that over to us and the one who was sent al-mursili lil-khalqi kullihim and he says the one who was sent to all of creation, even the angels and his own self. Because he said, He says that I bear witness that I am the messenger of Allah. And indeed, Al-Faqih, he goes on to tell us that he was even sent to the Al-Jamadat and Al-Faqi he tells us that he was even sent to inanimate objects of the Alameen of the worlds and indeed that when he came when he was sent with the message then that realization in them stirred and they lowered themselves in humility to him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Imam Ghazali describes him as Abdihi as the servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he says that the abd is al-kamilu fil ubudiyyati allati hiya ashrafu sifati al-aliya so his servant the one who is the most perfected in his servanthood which is the most noble quality the most noble and the highest quality wa ala alihi and on his family those who believed in him of the bani hashim and mutallib or the believers or those who have taqwa, the muttaqeen. And there are different views on that. But the generally accepted view is that it's only those of his actual family from the tribes of the Bani Hashim and Mutalib. Wasahbihi and Imam Afaki he says, Nujum al Ihtida al Mujtami'ina bi Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mu'mineen. Then he goes on to say that. The Sahaba are the Nujum al that they are the stars of guidance and the ones who gathered with him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and believed in him. And it says here that the Prophet passed away on 124,000 Sahaba. And he says after that, um, and also those of his family and companions, he mentions here, who came after him. Then Imam Ghazali goes into his beginning. And the beginning of guidance, as he tells us here, comes with knowing exactly what your intention is. Why have you picked up this book and what are you seeking to get out of it? 
And what is it in your inner heart that's motivating you? So he asks us to check our motivation and our intention. And he says, Amma, but as for what follows. فَعْلَمْ أَيُّهَا الْحَرِيسُ عَلَىٰ اِقْتِبَاسِ الْعِلْمِ الْمُذْهِرُ مِنْ نَفْسِهِ صِدْقَ الرَّقْبَةِ فِيهِ وَفَرَتَ التَّعَتُّشِ إِلَيْهِ أَنَّكَ إِنْ كُنْتَ تَقْسِدُ بِطَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ الْمُنَافَسَةِ وَالْمُبَاهَةِ وَالتَّقَدُّمَ عَلَىٰ الْأَقْرَانِ وَاسْتِمَالَةَ وُجُوهِ النَّاسِ إِلَيْكِ وَجَمَ حُطَامِ الدُّنْيَا فَأَنْتَ سَاعٍ فِي هَدْمِ دِينِكِ وَإِهْلَاكِ نَفْسِكَ وَبَيْعِ آخِرَتِكَ بِدُنْيَاكِ this is a very strong warning and Imam Ghazali, he doesn't hold back at all and he says to proceed. You who are desirous of acquiring sacred knowledge, expressing in yourself a sincere longing and a passionate thirst for it. So you feel that deep sense that you want to acquire sacred knowledge. Know that if your aim in seeking knowledge is to compete Show off, outdo your peers, garner attention and amass the debris of this world, then you are on your way to rendering your religion null and void, destroying yourself and selling your eternal life for this present one. Now that is quite a warning and should serve for anybody to have a look at themselves and think, what am I actually doing this for? And to purify their intention as soon as possible if it is that they feel an inkling of any of these feelings within themselves. Those words are really quite clear. And if we look at what our commentators have said about that, they both specify that the value of the dunya is nothing compared to the akhirah and that the treasures of the individual are his deen and his self and his akhirah, his afterlife. So if it is that the person trades that for these very small and petty acquisitions of the dunya, such as garnering attention from people or seeking to be proud of what one has learnt or being ostentatious and showing off, then you should know that what you are doing is trading in something of immense value for something which is finite and worthless ultimately because we're going to leave this world behind. Imam Ghazali goes on and he says, فَصَفْقَتُكَ خَاسِرَةٌ وَتِجَارَتُكَ بَائِرَةٌ وَمُعَلِّمُكَ مُعِينٌ لَكَ عَلَى عِسْيَانِكَ وَشَرِيكٌ لَكَ فِي خُسْرَانِكَ وَهُوَ كَبَاعِي سَيْفٍ مِنْ قَاطِعِ طَرِيقٍ كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم ومن أعان على معصية ولو بشطر كلمة كان شريكا فيها. It means your transaction is empty if it is that you have sought knowledge of the akhirah for the sake of profiting from it in such a cheap and empty way in the dunya. And he says your transaction is empty and your business profitless. And the person who teaches you in this case is nothing less than an accomplice in your transgression, a partner in your loss. He can be compared to one who sells a sword to a highway robber. For as the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Indeed, whoever helps with a sin by even half a word is a partner in it. 
and we seek protection from Allah that we should be accomplices in anything that's displeasing to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Jawi tells us, فَيَجِبُ أَنْ يَكُونَ الْعَالِمُ نَاصِحًا فِي جُمِعِ الْأُمُورِ The teacher must always give counsel and advice in all circumstances. And that it's not for a teacher to assist a student in wrongdoing, but rather to be wise enough to see in advance and to correct that person and to have a proper conception of that person, of the student and of their intention and to help rectify them and put them correctly on the path to seeking knowledge and to seeking knowledge with the correct intention if it is that they see something that requires rectification. Even if they don't see it, but to generally and consistently advise students that they need to always purify their intention and make sure that they are, to the best of their ability, learning sincerely and doing so for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Imam Ghazali goes on, however, and he says, وَإِن كَانَ نِيَّتُكَ وَقَصْتُكَ بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى مِنْ طَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ الْهِدَايَةَ دُونَ مُجَرَّدِ الرِّوَايَةَ فَأَبْشِرْ فَإِنَّ الْمَلَائِكَةَ تَبْسُطُ لَكَ أَجْنِهَتَهَا إِذَا مَشَيْتْ وَحِيْتَانُ الْبَحْرِ تَسْتَغْفِرُ لَكَ إِذَا سَعِيْتْ He says that if, however, in seeking knowledge, your intention and aim between Allah Most High and yourself is to gain guidance and not simply the transmission of information, then glad tidings be to you. The angels will spread their wings for you as you walk, and the fish in the sea will ask forgiveness for you as you strive. And inshallah, that will be the topic of our next episode. I look forward to joining you, inshallah, as we go on to see the good and glad tidings that Imam Ghazali tells us and reports to us from the Prophet ﷺ of the one who seeks knowledge purely and sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the seeking of knowledge for the sake of guidance is indeed the very purpose of this book, is to begin at the beginning with the Sharia knowledge and inshallah to attain at the end of it the guidance of spiritual expansion and development and knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inshallah, we will look into that in the next episode. Inshallah. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alayhi wa sallam. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.